Welcome to Ebenezer Baptist Church on June 16th, 2013. Today's message is titled, Transformed by the Mission, Moses, by Pastor Ryan Cochran, and based on scripture, Exodus, chapter 4, verses 1 to 13. God in heaven, we thank you for your word and for this, the life of Moses. And we thank you for the calling on his life and, Lord, for the amazing things that you did in him, Lord, that still influence and impact our lives today. And so, God, I pray that we would hear today how this was a man who was transformed by your work in his life as he came to know you as God, the great I am. Amen. May the Lord be with you. Amen. One of the biggest questions that we have as people of faith, uh, questions that all of us wrestle with, is where is God? In my life, when I'm hurting, when I'm suffering, when I keep on praying for things over and over again, and it seems like God isn't doing anything, is God there? Where is God? Is God really active in my life? These are very real and difficult questions for us as we all struggle to live a life of faith. We want to live a life of confidence in this God that we confess with our word, that we confess with our mouths. But sometimes, isn't it difficult for us to know and believe these things in our hearts? Anyone else like that? I know that I am. It's easy for me here as a preacher to stand up and preach, to proclaim to you the word of God with my words, to say to you that you have been forgiven in Christ, to say to you that you can trust him with your whole life and that you can live a life of obedience and service to God and to others with your whole heart. It's easy for me to say that with my mouth, but knowing it in my heart, Believing it in my heart is just as difficult for me as I suspect that it is for many of you. Who is God in my life? Where is God in these times when I'm hurting and times when I'm, when I'm grieving? As we grow up in the faith, I want to suggest to you that we slowly and over time discover the answers to these questions. If we are open to God, if we are obedient to God and his call on our life, we will discover more and more that God is near to us. We will discover more and more that God is active in our life, doing in us what he wants to do in us and through us and around us in the lives of those that we love. And part of our role as people of faith is to live a life of reflection and prayer, so that we can recognize in our lives those moments when God was active, when he was near to us, to think back on our life and say, yes, there was a moment when God showed up. There was a time when God was near to me in a challenging situation. There was a moment when God was calling me to to take a risk for him. That's part of our role as people of faith, to reflect in prayer. God, where have you been moving and acting in my life. Where is God? 
What is he doing in my life? Part of the life of faith is seeking to name those times and to recognize them in our life. And it's through being able to name those moments in our life when our faith is increased and we come to know that God is I am, that God is everything that we need, that we need him more than anything else. Right, Grant? Today we're going to look at the story of Moses and see how Moses himself was a man who was transformed by the mission of God. Moses was a man who was transformed by God as he obeyed the calling on his life to go and to participate in the mission that God had for him. And through the course of his life, he began to discover the answers to these questions. Who is God? Where is God in my life? Moses is one of the greatest leaders, if not the greatest leader, that the world has ever known. Moses led millions of people out of slavery. Moses, in the course of his leadership, submitted to God in his life, and God entrusted him with the law, and Moses passed on the law to the people of Israel, and that law became the way of life for the people of Israel. And that law that Moses passed on to Israel has informed us and the laws in Western society for 3,000 years. His leadership had an incredible influence not only on the people of his day and during his lifetime, but his leadership has had an impact on the life of the whole world up to today. But in our scripture reading today, in Exodus chapter 3 and in 4, we read about a man who was full of fear. A man who was full of fear that if he were to go and to do what God asked him to do, that God would not show up. Fearful of Pharaoh. Fearful of the Jewish people themselves. Fearful that they wouldn't believe in him if he actually went to them and told them to leave Egypt. In Exodus 3 and 4, we read about a man who would have been very content to live a very quiet life in the desert, had no interest at all in being obedient to the call of God in his life. In these chapters, we read a man who was filled with all kinds of excuses about why he shouldn't be the one to go, why he shouldn't be the one in leadership, why, he should, why God should send someone else. He all but begs God to send someone else. But we know that God had other plans for Moses. God called Moses to go. God called Moses to go to Egypt and to set the Israelites free from slavery. This man who had no interest in leadership. This man who had no confidence in himself. And I would suggest very little, if any, confidence in God. But God called him to go. And he went. And over the course of the next I think 40 years of his life, 80 years of his life, I think, we see Moses doing a, a God doing a good work in Moses. And so by the end of his life, we see in Deuteronomy chapter 34 that this is what is said about Moses' life. No prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face who did all those miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent to him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his old land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did 
in the sight of all of Israel. How are we to understand this change that happened in Moses' life? How does Moses, going from being a man who begged God, don't send me, to a man who has said to know God face to face, and a man who did miraculous things that no one else had ever done before or will ever do again? How do we understand this transformation that happened in Moses' life? Well, for sure, there are a lot of ways to answer this question. The uh, studying the life of Moses is a fascinating study. His life and work is recorded in Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. But I think that this is what God wants to say to us today about the transformation that happened in Moses' life. The first thing is that Moses' life is transformed because he discovers something about who God is. He discovers something about who God is. It's the knowledge and experience of the character of God that changes Moses' life. Moses learned that God is the great I am, that God is real. God is a God who is active in the life of his people and in the life of the world and in Moses' own life. Moses was transformed because he discovered the character of God, that God is the great I am. I want to say that that knowledge and that understanding and that walking with God over time and discovering those things about God is what transformed Moses to become the leader and the person that God called him to be. And the second thing that I want to say today about Moses' transformation is that Moses never would have experienced, never would have come to know God as the great I am if he would not have said yes to the mission of God in his life. In order to truly come to know who God was, in order to truly know that God is active in his life, Moses had to go. He had to go to Egypt. He had to do hard things for God. He had to take risks. He had to risk failure. He had to have faith that God would do what he said he would do. Moses had to go. And as he did, his life was transformed by that mission that God sent him on. And as he was going, as he was in the process of doing this thing that God called him to do, he discovered that God is the great I Am. Exodus chapter 3 is the story of Moses and the burning bush. It's an amazing chapter of scripture, especially when we consider it in the light of all that happened in Moses' life and all that has happened in history because of this encounter that Moses had with God in the burning bush. In this encounter, in this moment that God shows up in Moses' life, God sends him to Egypt, says, go and set my people free. And we read about a moment when God reveals himself to this man in a very unique way and promises to be faithful to Moses and to the people of Israel. It's in this moment where he promises to be faithful to the promises that he made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And if you remember at this point in the life of Israel and in this point in the life of Moses, there was a lot of doubt as to whether or not God was actually going to do what he said he was going to do. The people have been in slavery. They've now had a whole generation that has been born in Egypt as slaves and died in Egypt 
as slaves. There are very likely, maybe even very few of the people of Israel who were living in Egypt that even remembered God's promises, let alone were holding on to them and waiting for them to happen. But in Exodus 3, God shows up. He reveals himself to Moses and he says, I am going to fulfill these promises to bless Israel and to make Israel a blessing. Good Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, Well, what is his name? What shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. God comes to Moses in a burning bush and reveals himself to Moses by telling him he is the great I am, the one who made promises to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and that he is now coming to fulfill those promises. Moses, I am the great I am. Now, whole libraries have been written about this name, I am. Many books and commentaries and sermons have been written about what it means that God's name is I am. And it'd be good for you to read some of these books and some of these sermons and commentaries. You should read them. But what I want to say today is that coming to know God as the I am is only something that you can know through experience. Coming to know God as the I am is something that only can become to known through experience. There are some of you in this room who would never be able to write a theological or philosophical book, maybe even not a paragraph, about what it means for you that God is the I am. But you know that he is. There are some of you who have walked with God for so long have experienced God's hand and his action, his care, his love, his discipline in your life, his presence in your life for so long that you know the truth that God is I am. You know that God is for you in your life. Even if you have a difficult time putting that into words, you know from your experience that God is I am. And this is the great mystery of the I am. For God to call himself I am is for him to say that he, God, is to be experienced and known. Not just known about, not just talked about, but to be known. For God to call himself the I am is for him to say to us that words themselves cannot fully describe me, Words will always fail you to describe your experience of me. 
You cannot fully know me through talking about me or reading about me or thinking about me. If you want to know me, you have to experience me in your life. Who am I? I am. And you must experience me to know me. In the great message of the scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation, is that God makes himself available to us to be known. He is not far off and distant from us. He is a God who has come near to us so that we can know him, so that we can experience him as the I am in our life. And this is what Moses experiences in his life. It is this knowledge of God, this experience that God is that changes his whole life. And he comes to know God in this way as he goes on this mission. As he is obedient to God, he discovers the truth of who God is. And I want to say to you today that Moses discovers that God is the I am in at least three different ways. As I was thinking about the story of Moses' life, I think Moses discovers that God is the I am in at least three different ways. First, that God is the I am in the life of God's people Israel. Second, that God is the I am in the life of the whole world, in the life of those who are outside of Israel. And third, that God is the I am in his own personal life. God is the I am in the life of God's own people, Israel. That God is the I am in the life of the whole world, even those outside of Israel. And that God is the I am in his own personal life. I think Moses in his life discovers these three things. So let's look first at how God reveals himself as the I am in the life of Israel, as the God who can be experienced and known. In Exodus chapter 3, God's voice comes from the burning bush, and he says to Moses, Moses, I have seen and I have heard what is happening to my people. Exodus 3, verses 7 through 10, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses, I have heard, and I have seen, and now I am going to act. I am the I am, the one who will be for them everything that they need. I am present, I am near, I am going to act for them. I will be for them what they need right now. They are in slavery, I will set them free. They are being treated unjustly, I will bring them justice. They don't have any hopes in these promises that I made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I will show them that I am faithful to my promises. I am in the life of my people Israel. I will be for them everything that they need. And this is what Israel experiences from God. 
They experience that God is for them everything that they need. He is not a God who is far off in distance and has not heard their cries. He has seen the injustice that's been done to them, and he acts. He sets them free through the Passover, through uh, the um, splitting of the Red Sea and sending them into the Promised Land. Moses and the people of Israel discover that God is the I Am for them. And I think that specifically in these few weeks here at Ebenezer, Ebenezer, that this is something that we need to hear. As one part of the body of Christ here at Ebenezer, many of us are really hurting right now. We've had to say goodbye to three of our longtime faithful people. We have other of our dear saints who are very sick and in the hospital. These are people who are our our friends, who have loved us, who have joined with us at weddings, who have mourned and cried with us, and we're having to say goodbye to them. I think that today you and I need to hear that God is the great I am in our lives, in the life of Ebenezer. He knows that you are grieving and hurting. He hears your cries, and he is walking with you in this season. This is what Moses discovers, that God is near to his people. God sees, God hears, God acts. And we know how the rest of this story goes in the book of Exodus. God hears and he acts by sending the ten plagues on the Egyptians. He protects God's people through the Passover. He parts the Red Sea and God's people begin their journey to the promised land. God sees and he hears and he acts. He is the great I Am for his people. But what Moses also discovers is that God is the I am in the lives of those who are outside of the covenant people. God is active in the lives of those who are not Israelites, and this happens a few different times in Moses' life. First, he sees it in the life of Pharaoh. Throughout the story of the ten plagues, Moses goes to Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, I'm not going to let your people go. Moses says, a plague is coming. Pharaoh says, fine, go send your people. And then what does it say? God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God is the I am over Pharaoh's heart as much as he is over Moses' heart. At another point in the book of Exodus, Moses finds himself um, at the point of burnout in his leadership. This is after they are uh, out of Egypt and they are wandering in the desert. And all these people keep coming to Moses to be judged, to settle the disputes that they have between them. And he's just getting tired and he's getting burned out. And his father-in-law, Jethro, who is a priest not in Israel, but a priest of an outside religion, comes to Moses and he says to him, This is not good what you are doing. And he gives him a whole new way of thinking about how to lead. Moses learns that God is the I am outside of Israel, that there is insight even in Jethro, this priest of an outside religion, that now Moses can learn from. There's an amazing passage that speaks to this truth in the book of Amos. Amos chapter 9, verse 7, Amos says, Are not you Israelites the same to me 
as the Cushites. Did I not bring Israel up out of Egypt? Did I not also bring the Philistines from Kaftor? And did I not bring the Arameans from Kerr? Did I not bring Israel up from Egypt and the Philistines from Kaftor and the Arameans from Kerr? To me, this is an amazing thing for the prophet Amos to say. We know the story of God's work in Israel to redeem them and to bring them out of slavery and to bring them in the promised land. But Amos says that God is at work in the life of the Philistines and the Arameans also bringing them to where he wants them to be. God is the I am. He will be who he will be for his people and also for other peoples as well. I discovered this recently in my own life. I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago a conversation that I had with a Muslim man over coffee. He was talking to me about how he had recently seen a church in his neighborhood that had closed down. And this man began to share with me how that broke his heart to see a Christian church that had closed down and was now selling its building. And for me, that made me think a little bit about uh, this man and what his perspective was on who I was as a pastor. I had shared with him who I was as a pastor. And he just began to share with me that, you know, there must have been at some point in that neighborhood a strong community that was able to to build this building and uh, who had relationships with one another that were deep and loving. And now that community doesn't exist anymore. And it broke his heart to think about that. That experience in that moment made me see that God is at work in this man's life. And it softened my heart toward him. And it softened my heart toward my neighbors and other strangers who I might assume have nothing to do with God. But now I see that in this man, that God was at work in him. I saw a new way that there might be some commonalities between us and that God may use those commonalities between us as an opportunity for me to speak of the hope that we have in Christ. These men and women, these neighbors that we have, we often think they must be so far away from God. But to discover in some way that God is also at work in their life, is a door for us to see ways that we may speak to them about who Jesus is. Moses discovers in his life that God is the I Am, not only in the life of Israel, but also in the lives of outsiders as well, those who seem to be very far away from God. And Moses, in the course of his life, discovers that God is the I Am in his own personal life as well. Over and over again in Moses' life, he discovers that God is near, that God is going to do what he said he's going to do in him and through him. In this story in Exodus 4, he gives all these excuses for why he shouldn't be the one to go to Egypt. And the last excuse that he gives is, God, I can't speak. I can't use my tongue. My lips always fail me. I can't speak very well. Send someone else. And God reminds him that he is the I am. The Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you 
what to say. Moses, you're right, you can't speak. But trust me, I, I will teach you what to say. I will show you how to speak. We see that happen over and over again. When he goes to stand before Pharaoh, it's not Aaron, his brother, who's speaking. It's Moses. Moses begins to learn and trust that God will speak through him. In Moses' life, he discovers that God is the I am. And this is true for each of us in our own lives. Whether we recognize it or not, he is the I am. He is working in our lives. He is active in our lives, seeking to transform us and to make us who he wants us to be. But we can only come to know him as the I am, to know this truly for us through experience. Moses would not have discovered these things if he had not been obedient to God. If Moses would have stayed out in the desert, tending his own sheep, he never would have come to know these truths about who God is in his life. Moses would have remained a man who lacked confidence in himself, who lacked confidence in God, and he certainly wouldn't have been become a man who was known as someone who knew God face to face. But because Moses went on this mission that God had called him to, he discovered who God was in his life. At the burning bush, God told him, I am the great I am, and maybe Moses in some way knew that in his head. But it wasn't until Moses obeyed God and joined God in his mission that he discovered and came to experience that truly for himself. God has called each of us to join with him in his work in the world. He's called each of us to do that in different ways. Not all of us are called to be leaders. Not all of us are called to stand before the pharaohs of the world. But all of us have been called in some way to join with God in mission. You do not have to be a leader to discover, to be joining with God in mission. You just have to be obedient to what God is calling you to do. And as you are obedient to that call, you will, like Moses did, discover that God is the I am in your life. Maybe God has called you to live a very quiet life of bold prayer. If that's true, then pray boldly. Take great risks of faith in prayer and see what God does through it and discover how he is the I am in your life. Perhaps God has called you to a life of quiet service to other people. Then serve boldly and take some risks in those who you might be think you wouldn't be willing to serve. And as you take those risks and as you act in faith, discover that God is the great I am in your life. Maybe God has called you to live a life of generosity and giving. Take some risks and act in faith and give over and beyond what you ever could have imagined given before and discover that God is the great I am in your life. There are lots of different ways that God calls each one of us to live and to serve and to act 
for him and in service to him in the world. In all of those ways, God is calling you. And through that, God is going to reveal himself to you as the I am. We're not all called to be Moseses, but we're all called to be faithful. And as we're faithful, God will reveal himself to us. He will be for us everything that we need. God is the I am. He is not far off and distant. He sees us, he hears us, he acts in our life. And this is the great truth that is revealed to us ultimately in Jesus Christ himself. That God, the great I am, has seen and heard and has come and acted on our behalf so that we could come to know and experience him. For God so loved the world that he heard the cries of his people, that he saw the slavery and oppression of sin and evil in our lives, and he sent his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will be freed from slavery and have everlasting life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are not a God who is far away, who we cannot touch, who we cannot know, who we cannot experience, but that you are a God who has come near to us. Lord, I pray for us that we would come to know you, not know about you, not know things about you only, but God, to know you in your character. God, I pray that you would give us the courage to to serve and to be obedient to you in the ways that you've called each one of us. And as we do that, as we serve in that way, that you would show us who you are as the great I am. We ask these things in the name of Christ who showed us who you are. Amen.